Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Everyone, welcome to the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. I am Jordan Hall, and I am joined as always by the wonderful Brooke Destra. Brooke, how are you doing? Jordan Hall, happy again. I'm forgetting the day. <laughs> it is, oh it my is Thursday. God. It is Thursday. The brain fart is so real right now. Um, yeah. Other than still not knowing what day of the week it is, I blame working from home and not having a calendar on my desk. Aside from that, I'm doing okay. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing well. We're going to get this day thing down. I promise you that's okay. But Eventually. Uh, Thursday, we, we were able to hear from Brent Flair, the assistant general manager of the Flyers, and Chuck Fletcher, the general manager of the Flyers, uh, and talking all things offseason and with a focus on the NHL draft, which is right around the corner. Day one of the draft is Tuesday, and day, uh, and day two of the draft is on Wednesday of next week. Um, and the Flyers have seven picks. They pick at number 23 overall. So we're going to have a fun draft-oriented podcast, Brooke. I'm looking forward to it. Woo! But let's start off with a question that seems to be debated every single draft. It's almost an annual thing now. Will they trade the pick? Will they trade up? Will they trade back? Will they keep it? Um, it's going to be a question every year, probably among fans. Um, and let's be honest, it's something uh, that the front office probably looks into every single draft. You're always looking and keeping your eyes open and, uh, and, and looking to maybe move up, move back. Um, you don't close any doors on anything uh, unless you're probably picking number one. Let's be real. But, Brooke, do you think – the Flyers will trade this 23rd overall pick in the first round. Do you think they should keep it? What are your thoughts on the, on the overall thing? So I'm grabbing a quote from Taryn Hatcher, who was on our last podcast, where she said, if you know Chuck Fletcher, you know that he is always on the phones. Yeah. And he's always trying to see what the best case scenario is. He's always open-minded to whether it's moving draft picks, whether it's free agents, trades, like it's always – on his mind, like how can he improve his team the best that he can? Uh, with that being said, there was a little bit of controversy last year with the draft because everybody saw Cole Caulfield on the board, and that was a player that Flyers fans really wanted to see. He was a smaller guy, but he has such a strong upside and was a sniper, and that's something that the Flyers really wanted, but we traded back. Montreal drafted him and 
we wound up getting a really strong defenseman in Cam York in the first round, which I really enjoy that pick. And I think that he's going to excel once he does turn pro eventually. Um, but by trading back, we earned another pick and Fletcher was able to draft Bobby Brink, which kind of filled in the gap of, okay, he's not as high caliber as a sniper as Caulfield was, but a second round player that has a really strong chance of having a solid upside, he made up for it. So I think that if they do move a pick, 23rd overall, it's not great, it's not bad, it's kind of just in the middle. So I'm not really sure what they'd be able to get out of it. But you know that Fletcher is going to be talking right up until that 22nd pick if this is something that they're going to do. And if they move back, I think that it's going to be a more significant package. Maybe it's, it's involved in a trade, um, moving players from team to team. I think that's the only way that that's going to um, play into a factor with the pick. If not, maybe for the first time in a while, we'll keep our draft picks exactly the way that they are. But we never know because that's, that's check for you. <laughs> exactly. We'll have to wait and find out. Um, sometimes you see a big trade involving NHL players. We saw it with Ron Hextall when he traded Braden Shen um, in, in the 2017 draft. That was a pretty crazy first-round night because not only did the Flyers draft Nolan Patrick second overall, but then they trade Braden Shen. They get another first-round pick. They get Morgan Frost. Um, and then they ended up getting another first-round pick the following year and used it on Joel Farabee. So it worked out well for the Flyers there. Obviously, Braden Shen, good for him, good player. Man, Hextall knew what he was doing when it came to drafting. You could not like his moves throughout the regular season. When it yeah. came to drafting, he was as good as it gets. Yeah. Ugh. And I know people still debate that trade. Um, Braden Shen's a good player, still is, and he went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, hey, good for him. The Blues, you know, worked out. You know, that worked out pretty well for them too, but you can't be – you can't be hurt with what the Flyers got in those two first-round picks, Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee, guys with high upside um, and look like they're bright spots in, in the organization moving forward. Um, Brooke, like you said, I just – you know, if they're going to move up, it's going to be because they're absolutely in love with the player that they know is, quite frankly, just not in their range. Uh, but like you said, they're going to have to give up a decent haul to go up a lot higher. I think they're in a spot where the disparity is not that great between probably like the 17th, 18th or the 26th, 27th. And they're right in that middle. Um, so they're probably going to have a player available that they're going to like, and they're probably going to use the pick. Um, Chuck Fletcher said, obviously he's going to be open to everything. If anything, he said, you're more likely to move back than you are to move up. And we, we saw a pretty, uh, what you touched on a pretty good case of that, Last year, uh, they moved back from number 11 overall to 14. They got Cam York because they probably knew they came, that Cam York would fall to them there, and that was the player they really wanted. And then what they got in that trade back was the 45th overall selection in the second round. And then what happens, day two, they trade that 45th selection and move up 11 picks. They draft Bobby Brink because they were super high on that kid, and they felt he was a first-round talent that slipped. So there was a good example of trading back and having it really pay off because they got a second round pick high up and they got a kid they really like in Bobby Brink. Um, but man, that was a funny, that was a fun, entertaining uh, draft night, wasn't it, Brooke? Last oh my year? gosh. I just remember being in the office for 
basically all seven rounds throughout the, the course of those few days. And we were like, what do we do? We can't prep anything <laughs> because everything kept changing. But yep. it's fun to have those kind of drafts every now and then where you don't really know what's going to happen. And I think when there was the initial disappointment of not drafting Caulfield, it was like, okay, what exactly, like we're off to a really bad start and I don't know, Fletcher really redeems himself pretty fast and this draft class really isn't the kind of class that I would want to do any kind of significant moves to move up in the draft. Like after basically first overall, it has a significant drop off. So I don't think that that's going to be a huge factor. Like you said, if anything, they're going to move back. Maybe they'll keep it, but we're going to have to monitor that and see what's going on moving forward. Exactly. And it was so funny because I remember, you know, Flyers fans, what are they infatuated with? Goal scoring wingers. They love goal scorers because they feel the organization has kind of lacked a pure goal scorer. And there was Cole Caulfield, this tiny little winger that scored 72 goals with the U.S. development program. He was the biggest goal scorer in that draft. The Flyers passed on him twice because they could have had him at 11. And when they traded back, they passed on him again. And it was just so funny when you heard Chuck Fletcher announce the pick and he said out of the U.S. development program and everyone mm-hmm. was like, Cole Caulfield. And I was yeah. like, New York. <laughs> and I remember fans were just so upset at first because they see this kid and they see 72 goals next to his name. And then I think people started to get to know who Cam York was and that he was a really promising player, defenseman uh, that could score a heck ton of points as well. And um, – and, and, and it has an exciting future now, and people are excited about him. But it, it always just reminds you of fun draft night stories. Um, and yeah. it's always entertaining, and hopefully we'll get another entertaining first and uh, first day of the draft and second day of the draft. We'll, we'll see, Brooke. But, yeah, I think the Flyers will stay put. If anything, they maybe do some maneuvering um, in the later rounds because maybe they, they like a kid and they feel like they got to go get him. Um, but we shall see, and that's the fun part of the draft. But let's move on to our next topic. And we're going to keep this discussion on Flyers draft picks. And Ooh. we're not going to go too deep into the past or the history. But, Brooke, we will look at the past five drafts. And we're going to have um, some selections. Who we think has been the best pick by the Flyers over the last five years. Um, who is probably the biggest sleeper right now out of the last five drafts for the Flyers. And then also who has been the prospect that maybe has dealt with the most growing pains out of the last five drafts for the Flyers. Let's start with the best pick over the last five years. Brooke, who are you going with? We are going back all five years (laughs) to the 2015 entry-level draft because, first of all, that was probably one of the best draft classes in the past 15 years because you just got so much talent throughout the entirety of the first round. And I was really tossing it up between – Provorov and Konechny, both first-round picks. And I, I wound up settling on Provorov, but I also like the fact that the Bruins pass on Konechny a significant amount of times, and he's <laughs> still in Philly. Yep. So that part alone I really love. But, I mean, ever since Provorov was drafted from uh, Brandon Wee Kings, I – really just admired the kind of player that he is, the work ethic that he had and still has. And if anything, it's just continued to grow. You don't really see players at his age, he's 23, be so 
mentally locked in. It's it's almost incredible. I don't know if you've ever seen his pregame rituals. It's it's constant working out. It's ice. It's it's hitting the weights. It's absolutely insane. And I think having a player that has that kind of dedication and devotion where it's not, it's just my job. It's, this is my entire lifestyle is based around hockey and being the best player that I can be and the best contributor to our team. And you know that he does have the potential to have an offensive upside. He had the 17 goal season two years ago, but he's also really great at just doing what he needs to do, which is maintaining the blue zone, helping out in front of heart. And I think the combination of him and Matt Niskanen this year really elevated his game to a whole nother level. So I'm excited for what's to come next season with him. But when you look at his first four years in the league, really, it's not really been, he's had one, one clunker of a season and to really just jump into it he has not missed a single game knock on wood i'm knocking on wood um <laughs> i'm a super as superstitious as it gets but, i appreciate that too so oh yeah i'm not taking any chances because people will keep the receipt and be like brooke it's your fault I so I sure. this is season opener no <laughs> no don't even put that in the universe Jordan <laughs> but yeah I'm going with Ivan Provorov I think that he's already kind of surpassed expectations and he's only going to continue developing into an even stronger asset to this Flyers team and he's just he's so incredible to watch every single game so I'm yeah, going yeah. with Provorov how exciting is that too what a great pick because you know, like you said, this guy comes into the league at 19 years old and he basically becomes the guy pretty quickly. Maybe in his second year, he was kind of like, kind of pegged as like becoming that number one defenseman. Now he does everything. He hasn't missed a game, knock on wood, like you said. Yeah. And, and the sky's the limit still. Sky's the limit still for this kid. Um, so, yeah, what a good pick there. Um, for me, uh, it's tough to go kind of the – it's kind of tough to go to with the pick over the past one or two years – because for me, I'm a big believer in like prospects are only prospects until they become players. So as high and as excited we can be about a prospect ceiling, it still has to translate. It still has to, you know, translate into an actual NHL player. So, you know, it's hard to take a guy like a Farabee or a Frost or, um, you know, a Cam York from last draft. Uh, because these, you know, for the most part, these are still prospects. Very excited about them, but – you got to see them kind of become players before you can really say, hey, we won that pick. That was a successful pick. So for me, I'm going to go Carter Hart. Uh, second Hi. round pick. Yeah, tough one uh, to pass up on for me. Second round pick in 2016. He was the first goalie taken in that draft. And the Flyers, let's be real, they have hit on that pick so far. Um, obviously, there's still a lot to go. He's only 22 years old, but he has arrived. He has arrived, and he looks like he's finally – it looks like the Flyers finally have a franchise goalie, a guy that's going to be here for multiple years, not one or two or three. He's here for the future. Um, if all goes well, he's here for the next decade. And The rest he, of his career, preferably. The rest of his career, uh, if all goes well. You, you throwing see a, that out there. Yeah, you see a guy like Henrik Lundqvist, who was balled out on Wednesday – 
and he had spent 15 years with the Rangers and he, you know, I'm not comparing and I'm not saying Carter Hart's going to be that, but you kind of see, you kind of see a path similar for Carter Hart. I think the Flyers see that they see a young kid, 22 years old. He he's already here in his second season. He came up last year as a 2021 year old and played really well. He is here already. And if all goes well, you're hoping Carter Hart plays into his, you know, 30s, mid-30s, and he stays here in Philly and uh, leads this organization. That's what Henrik Lundqvist did, 15 years in New yeah. York. End of an era. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I do not even remember hockey without him and hating right? him. <laughs> I was just going to say, Flyers fans have always known that guy's been a thorn in their side. And what made it probably worse was that over his 15 years in New York, the Flyers obviously – never really found, like, goalie stability. They never really had a guy for over two to three, four-plus years that you really latched onto and said, this is our guy. Um, they kind of went through multiple goalies, um, and uh, that probably made it even tougher to see, a friend, you know, an organizational rival um, find their guy, have him for 15 years in a big market and really find success with him. But, so for me, Carter Hart, he has arrived, and the future is just so bright for him. Um, they needed to draft a goalie and really hit on one, and they got it in 2016. Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. So, Brooke, we will go to our next pick, and that is the biggest sleeper. Biggest sleeper among the past five drafts for the Flyers. Maybe a guy that hasn't really arrived yet, but we see something kind of coming for him, um, for the specific player. Who are you going with? I looked at these draft picks for such a significant amount of time because, like you said, you really can't judge a prospect until they turn pro, until they have time in the league. But evaluating everything, I wound up settling on Jay O'Brien, like which people may be a little confused about my reasoning um, just because he is a really solid prospect. Now, he was drafted uh, 19th overall in the 2018 draft. But if everyone remembers, five picks before him, Joel Farabee was drafted. So everyone knows, Farabee's in the league. He's with the Flyers. He had one year at college hockey, and he bumped his way to pros really fast. So I think that when people look back on that draft year, O'Brien's kind of been overshadowed in the sense of, okay, well, Farabee's, in, Farabee's pro, why isn't O'Brien? And simply put, every prospect is different. Every prospect grows differently. But Jay O'Brien has, he's incredible. He just finishes last year the BCHL um, top uh, in points in his team. He had 66 points, uh, 25 goals, and he's about to start the 2021 season with Boston University. So who knows? He might come out and have an explosive season in Boston and then work his way to Phantoms or the Flyers in a few years because he knows what he's doing and he's such a strong asset and he's another center. So if you don't really know how Nolan Patrick might roll out in the next few years, you have a few backup players in the sense of, centers so it kind of it kind of eases your mind and cleanses it in the sense of okay if this prospect doesn't work out we have this one and that is why drafting is so important 
for future seasons. So I am going with Jay O'Brien, not because he's being slept on talent-wise, but I think he's being slept on flyers prospect-wise because he's been in comparison with Farabee. So that is what I have. Who do you have, Jordan Hall? Very good pick. And you do think of, when you think of sleeper, you think of guys that are kind of forgotten. And Jay O'Brien, like you said, because he was in the first round with Joel Farabee, who has arrived, who is in the NHL now, I think Flyers fans kind of do forget about him. Um, and maybe some people kind of wrote him off a little bit once he had that tough freshman season at Providence. Then he goes to the BCHL, has a really productive year, and let's hope for the best for him, Brooke, at Boston University. Um, and like you said, player, like that's why it's so important to be patient with prospects. It takes time. Sometimes you get a kid like Joel Farabee, he looked very – he looked like he was going to be a quick climber, and he was. College, one and done, and then he's in the NHL the next season. Jay O'Brien was more of a reach pick. The Flyers were really high on him. Their scouting staff was really high on him. Um, some people didn't even think he was a first-round pick. They thought maybe he was on the verge of a second-round pick, but they really liked the upside. And it's just going to take a little longer for that kid to develop, but don't give up on him, like you said. Exciting player. Keep tabs on him at Boston University. Um, fun one to watch, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Brooke, for me, I'm going to go with another college player, and I'm going to go with uh, Noah Cates. Ooh, uh, I knew it. I knew yes. you were going to pick Cates. <laughs> I know you know about him, and, I, yeah, I've, I've – I've really liked him the more I've seen him at development camps. Um, he was drafted a fifth-round pick in 2017. Skinny kid out of high school in Minnesota. Was a pure upside. Let's get him in the fifth round, and let's really work with him and let him develop and grow. And uh, Shel Samuelson, one of the player development coaches for the Flyers, told us um, in development camp, that he's a prospect that the Flyers' whole front office and uh, development staff, they just can't stop bragging about him. They love him every time they see him. He comes to development camps. He's bigger. He's better. Um, exciting winger who is at Minnesota Duluth. He won, a, he won a national championship his freshman year. And then last year as a sophomore, really productive season, 33 points in 34 games. He can score goals. He can create plays. And he's turning into like an all-situation guy. Uh, his head coach at Minnesota Duluth told me not long ago that he's a guy that they love for everything. He can kill penalties. He can play power play. He plays five on five and he does it without any questions. He just goes about it and uh, will take on any role you ask of him. He just wants to be on the ice. Um, and I think he's really turned into a sleeper within this system. Um, and, and his, uh, his coach uh, also said that he thinks he's not going to be a four year guy. He thinks after this year, um, obviously, with the pandemic, uh, kind of throwing things a little bit into question. But if, you know, the season goes in full next year for college hockey and things go well for Noah Cates, he could turn pro after next season. So uh, I think he's an exciting player that fans should keep tabs on. Fifth-round pick who uh, has really developed uh, very nicely. So that's who I am going to go with. Um, but like you said, Brooke, a lot of selections there, a lot of choices that we could have made. So I think that's a testament to the Flyers' uh, really the farm system and what they've done over the past five drafts. Mm -hmm. Everyone stop and say, thank you, Ron. Yes. Ron Hextall. And Fletcher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Credit to Brent Flair and Chuck Fletcher who had a really nice, I think, I think we can all agree had a really nice draft uh, in their first draft last uh, summer. Um, but Ron Hextall always known for drafting and developing has done a really good job kind of restocking the, the farm system um, to, to be really like a top 10 in the NHL now in terms of farm systems. So 
Uh, but we do, you know, we, we, you know, we wouldn't be fair if we didn't say, hey, let's find a guy that maybe they didn't hit on yet right away. And we're not going to bash these kids. You know, we're not looking. God, for, no. Yeah, we're not looking at a draft. Um, or we're not looking at the organization's entire draft history, right? We're just looking at the past five years. And when you go back only five years, these are still young players that are developing um, in different stages of their growth. Uh, really where you can't say, hey, they totally missed on that pick bus, write them off. We're not going to do that, but we will find a prospect that maybe has not totally panned out yet, has hit some speed bumps, experiencing growing pains, and maybe fan base is a little frustrated with the pick. Uh, Brooke, who are you going with? Not an easy uh, selection. No, because my immediate reaction and response to this would be Nolan Patrick. Right. Because there's so much uncertainty in his career, with the migraine disorder that he was diagnosed with at the beginning of the season. He still hasn't really panned out to the player that we expected him to be in his first few seasons. But we've talked about him a lot on the podcast. So I wanted to make sure that we picked someone else. And the next on my list of <laughs> growing pains, I guess you would say, is Mikhail Vorobiev. Sure. Because, like I said, the experiment with him is over, or at least it should be over. For some reason, it's just not clicking with him. When he is called up with the Flyers, he has had numerous amounts of opportunities and shots to solidify his place. And it's just never panned out. And sometimes it's like that. But I also talk about him a lot on the podcast. So I finally settled on Wade Allison, which is... Again, probably another interesting one in the sense of, oh, like, what do you mean growing pains when it comes to him? So he has had his fair share of injuries yep. since he was at uh, Western Michigan University. He tore his ACL. Obviously, the, cover, the recovery for that is just so brutal because it's a significant amount of time, and then it's getting your legs under you, and it's keeping, you know – your weight up and making sure that you're ready to transition whenever you get the green light from your doctors that you can play again. And still, once you get the green light, you're hesitant because it's such a significant injury. You're scared to do anything that might alter it in any way. So this is his first year where he is turning pro. He's going to be with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms at the start of next year, whenever that does start. But you do see so much potential with him and he's a guy and a prospect that I feel like the Flyers haven't seen much of in the sense of his mentality he's a really rough kind of player and I think that that's something that the Flyers have been lacking in previous years uh, especially since Wayne Simmons from last year kind of drifted that was a huge hole in the in the team this year I felt was that we didn't really have that kind of like rough mentality so I think Allison is a kind of player that will contribute that whenever that does happen. But because of injuries and everything, nobody's really gotten a full like menu of what he's able to give to the Flyers. So he's somebody that I'm really going to look at with Lehigh Valley this next season because he's another player that has the potential to turn pro very soon if he – makes those few adjustments. So I hope he does because he's a very solid player when he's healthy. Yeah, he was a guy that you thought, you know, could have been like a two-year college guy, maybe three. And then, like you said, the ACL tear 
um, and just kind of battled it the entire rest of the way, his college career. Turned him into a four-year guy. And, yeah, speed bumps. And kind of people had to wait to see how he would develop. But um, absolutely going to be a fun guy to watch next year uh, for Flyers fans and to see, you know, maybe the four years kind of helped him kind of groom into more of a pro player. So um, great pick there. Um, and it's good that we're kind of having difficulty selecting these because it means I think the Flyers did pretty well in these drafts. Um, and Brooke, you mentioned it before we even hopped on the podcast and I'll probably go with this one. I think we could go maybe Yermin Rutasov. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really against the kid. I, I still like him as a player. We've always heard him be very highly regarded for his 200 foot play, his play in the defensive zone, the neutral zone. He's a very smart player in that regard. Like he takes care of his own end before he takes care of the offensive end, which is a great, like you want to see that in young players. Um, but Chuck Fletcher even said it the other day that when you have a first round pick, you kind of are hoping to get, no matter where you're really picking, you're kind of hoping to either get a player that's going to become a top six forward or a top four D man. And I'm not sure Yerman Rudisov is ever going to really become a top six forward in the NHL. And that's, it's not a terrible thing. You know, if he becomes a third, fourth line forward that plays down the middle or on the wing, we know he can play both. That's fine. Um, but he really has not grasped or totally turned into a, the offensive player that I think some people thought he had that in his repertoire, that he could score some goals, put up points. And the Flyers, you know, the previous regime and even this regime have said, we love his 200-foot play and his defensive instincts. But, of course, we would love him to push the pedal a little bit more offensively. We saw Rubisov make his NHL debut this past season. Um, so a promising player, but he was a first-round pick in 2016 at 22nd overall. And I think people are still hoping to see more from him. Not just more, but a decent amount more. Um, let's be quite honest. We don't really know what type of player he's going to be yet. And it can take time. Hey, we saw Scott, Scott Lawton take five or six years to really become the player that we know he is now. Sean Couturier jumped into the NHL at 19 and didn't have his breakout year until I believe year seven uh, in the NHL. So players can take a little while, but I'll go Yerman Rupesov just because I think I would like to see him become more of an offensive player, show more in the AHL um, level, and then really kind of seize a role at the NHL level. I thought he had a chance to do that, and he would kind of show his game and then taper off. And we kind of saw that with Vorobiev too, Brooke. Um, you hit on him earlier, a guy that would kind of show a glimpse, and then he just taper off. Um, so I, I'm looking to see Yerman Rubisov do a little bit more uh, next year. Obviously, we don't know exactly what's going on with the AHL season um, and, and even with the NHL season. But Yerman Rubisov, that's my pick. That's who I'm going to go with. That's an interesting one because you also kind of feel like whenever he does get going and you feel like, oh, this is it, this is going to be the breakout, firing from all cylinders, he gets hurt. And yeah, he's he dealt hurt. with injuries as well. Yeah. He went down to the Phantoms after his time with the Flyers and was injured. And that completely messed up the course for the rest of the season for him. So it's like he's getting opportunities. And then as soon as he's not able to, you know, accomplish what the team and franchise expects of him, he not only regresses, but he also has that injury factor as well. And I don't think that by any means, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but I feel like that has also played people's perspective of him in his first few years with the organization. So 
again, only first few years. He's only been here since 2016, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah 20, only 22 years old, Brooke, like you said, yeah. 2016 pick. Um, and yeah, you saw it even in 2018-19, his first year pro at Lehigh Valley, he raced out of the shoot 10 points in his first 14 games, and then boom, he gets hurt. Um, and then last year, like you said, had a cup of coffee with the Flyers, gets sent down, battles some injuries, and only had 13 points last year in 42 games at Lehigh Valley. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see over the next few years kind of the, the path he takes into what, what type of NHL player he will be. But again, like we said, these are only the drafts over the past five years. These kids are still young. They're developing. Uh, and they're, they're going to require some patience more than others. That's, and that's totally fine. Visit your Philadelphia area Cadillac dealer today and experience the ultimate in iconic luxury. And Brooke, even another guy to touch on real quick, Pascal LaBerge was a second round pick. Um, he was actually picked ahead of Carter Hart. Obviously different positions. Pascal LaBerge is a forward. Uh, Carter Hart, of course, a goalie. Things, uh, you know, you can develop and, and climb quicker at different positions. But uh, LaBerge was another guy that was kind of on my mind. Um, second round pick, has dealt with injuries. Uh, and he's kind of been between Lehigh and uh, the ES ECHL Reading Royals uh, so far in his pro career. Guy just hasn't really developed for a second-round pick, but that's a quick little tidbit for me. But let's shift gears real quick. Let's shift gears and go to another big, you know, uh, or, uh, initiative within the organization, uh, <laughs> draft being the first. And then, of course, we have free agency. Also following the draft very shortly <laughs> that week, October 9th uh, is when free agency opens. Um, another big time for all NHL teams. Uh, and it had us wondering, we know, Brooke, about this guy, Mr. Bobby Ryan. Did you know he's from Cherry Hill? I did. <laughs> I did. We know that he's the <laughs> South Jersey's finest. Um, and he has kind of become a big headline lately in the NHL. And, of course, uh, in Flyers world because uh, he was recently bought out uh, by the Senators um, and is now an unrestricted free agent. 33 years old, very has had a very successful career. Uh, I believe he's a four-time 30-goal scorer, was really good with the Ducks, um, had a very uh, very solid uh, stint with the Senators, and now he is a UFA, 33 years old, local guy, can score some goals, and it has some Flyers fans wondering, hey, will uh, the Flyers go after him? Will they look at him and try to bring him home? Uh, Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer, had a very good article on Bobby Ryan on our website. Check it out. Uh, was able to get in touch with Bobby Ryan, and Bobby Ryan said, hey, the Flyers would be very high on my list if they were interested because of all those local connections between Bobby Ryan and the Flyers. He said that would almost be kind of like a fairy tale ending for him to his career. But anyway, long story short, Brooke, do you want the Flyers to look into Bobby Ryan, or should they just say, Bobby Ryan, congrats, Awesome for you, uh, but no thank you. The Flyers should not yes. even consider bringing him to Philadelphia. This isn't... Tell us how you really feel, Brooke. This isn't John Tavares going yeah. from the Islanders to Toronto in the peak of his career playing for his childhood team. Mm -hmm. It's not. He, like you said... He's in his 30s. He's had a well-accomplished career. He was fantastic when he was with Anaheim. But by no means do you need to bring in a veteran for the bottom six for the Flyers. It's not a position that's necessary. 
And honestly, I'm still hashtag team resign Tyler Pitlick. So <laughs> absolutely. So when I look at these situations, and obviously it's great to just throw like what ifs, even though sometimes they're incredibly frustrating on Twitter to kind of read through certain threads. But I don't think it's going to be a fit. I mean, I feel bad for not feeling bad. No, don't. Like, but it's like, cool. You're from Cherry. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, go play for the Devils. <laughs> we don't yeah. want you. <laughs> and, the, and the Flyers just are not, go play for the Devils. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Even though he was a Philly guy, you know. No, but uh, we saw the Devils actually kind of get some um, bigger name guys uh, that didn't exactly work out uh, in 2019-20 when everyone thought they were like, hey, like they got names, but uh, did not really develop into success uh, in New Jersey last season. Uh, But, yeah, it's just like the the Flyers just are not in position to really add like a 33-year-old winger at the tail end of his career. And who knows, maybe maybe Bobby Ryan does have – um, you know, a lot left in the tank. I'm sure he can still he can still score goals, but like if you even look, um, you know, not this season, but 2018-19, he had 15 goals in 78 games. The year before that, he had 11 in 62, 13 in 62, 22 uh, in 81 in 2015-16. I know I rattled off a lot of numbers there, but what we're trying to say is that you know we we know Flyers uh, fans like to joke about. The team back in the old days, they usually go after these big-named, high-scoring players that were, unfortunately, at the tail end of their careers, not in their prime, and they get him too late. I just wonder if that would maybe be Bobby Ryan. And the only reason we say that is also because the team looks really young and promising on the wing. You wonder if Bobby Ryan, even if he took close to the league minimum, which I don't think he will, he probably will get a better deal than the league minimum, given his stature and what he's done without a doubt but even if he took like a very cheap one-year deal that's still one season where Bobby Ryan could possibly block a young winger like a Joel Farabee or a Nicholas Aube Kubel um not to mention some other young guys like they have Wade Allison who could be coming up uh Linus uh or Linus Sandin a kid they just signed out of um Finland um and then uh, you even look at uh, Tanner Lazinski, a young forward who they're pretty high on that they think could come in and maybe play right away. Um, just they have some young forwards that I think he might block. And uh, for that reason, I just, I just don't see it, especially in this current economic state of the league where no teams really have a ton to spend. And if they do, if the Flyers are going to spend, maybe they go somewhere with a guy like in his range of like 28, 29 years old for a one or two year deal. Um, you get him for a little bit longer than just like, you know, a one year type of thing. But that's not, like you said, it's nothing against Bobby Ryan at all. Good right. for him. I hope he finds that next deal and that kind of last chapter of his career. We know what he's gone through. He won the, uh, the, the Masterton trophy for overcoming alcohol addiction and had a great comeback before the pause. Um, good for him. Great guy. It sounds like, but uh, I just don't think it's the right fit for the Flyers and Brooke, it sounds like you agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Thinking about how I approached it, it seemed a little harsh. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's, it's also like in the sense of, you know, I feel like a lot of people are always like, oh, Philly story, it would be wonderful, it would be beautiful. But it's like, 
it's not really a need or a fit for the Flyers. And also, you're talking about how he might be blocking some of the young wingers coming up, but he might also be taking away another year for the Flyers with Giroux getting older, Katoria getting older, Voracek getting older. And we've touched on this a lot in the past few weeks. The gap is closing when it comes to the core and when they are going to eventually have to move on or change. And there's only so much time left where the top guys are performing at their best and they're going to have young guys eager and ready to do everything that they can to get to a Stanley Cup final, to hopefully win it in the next few years. There's really no, not that there's no room for error, but given the cap situation, I don't even think that it's worth trying to throw grass that straws, really, and make room for a player. And like you had said, his story is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, we wish him nothing but the best, and it's not something that should be taken lightly. It's, it's a huge accomplishment and achievement for himself, and I know that the entire league was in unison when, you know, when he won the trophy, when he was able to come back, and everyone was just so thrilled to see a player come back from those kind of trials and tribulations. So... In that aspect, I wish him well. I hope that he does find a really great team and organization to end his career with. Mm-hmm. I 100% think that it is not with the Flyers, though. Yeah, and honestly, Brooke, I don't, I don't fault us for obviously having some sarcasm in this discussion. I, I think I retweeted uh, Joe Fordyce's story from our account, and I got one person repli- like replying to me with, I think it was like 50 no's. Like literally, just no, 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 no. But I think a lot of Flyers fans are like, hey, we, we like what we have here. We have good youth, like you said, at the position. Um, right. I just don't know a, a player, um, an older player uh, at this point. Um, it's just the best fit for the Flyers. Uh, and for those wondering, Chuck Fletcher was asked about it on Wednesday. Um, Chuck Fletcher was actually um, an assistant GM and the director of hockey operations for the Ducks when they drafted Bobby Ryan. Uh, he had nothing but just great things to say about Bobby Ryan as a hockey player, as an individual. Um, but it sounded like Chuck Fletcher wasn't overly interested in looking to sign Bobby Ryan for obviously just various reasons with the state of this all season, where the Flyers are at financially, and then also their own roster. Um, but he said, Hey, I, I wish Bobby Ryan nothing but the best of luck uh, this all season. Um, but a little connection there. Uh, but, again, good story by Joe Flores on our website, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Bobby Ryan looking for that final chapter in his career. It just does not seem like it's going to be the Flyers. But, Flyers fans, we will have so much more to talk about. Like we said, NHL draft coming up next week. Uh, and then NHL free agency. We, m- myself and Brooke, uh, will have plenty of content on the website and plenty to talk about on this podcast for the NHL draft. We'll, we'll recap all the Flyers picks for you. Um, and see how the team did as they add some more pieces to the organization. But, Brooke Destra, thank you as always, and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Yeah, Jordan Hall, it's always a pleasure, and maybe by next week I'll know what day it is. This is the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. A special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer as well. 
Flyers fans, wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.